Let us now go to Brooklyn, where Dave Cyrus is standing by. Hello, Dave Cyrus. Hey, how are you, David? Well, I'm very sick. And I are you sick? You got a you got a yellow cold? I, I've got a cold. So what are your I'm, symptoms? Well, stuffed nose, achy, huh. breaky, oh. shaky. Oh boy! And uh, feeling sense of aching in your your muscles and bones there. Yeah, on when top I sneeze, of, uh, when I sneeze, parts of my brain come out. This is it, huh? Yeah, this is uh, it's coming. What's coming? I've got a cold. That's it's, all. We've got it, the march has begun, hasn't it? What do you mean the march? What are you talking about? I love you, David. I want nothing but for you to, you know, live. For, I, I, if it was up to me, you'd live for forever. What? what have you heard something? But uh, no, no. I'm just saying, you know. Look, we, you know, time comes for us all. And all right. uh, I, I'm very sorry that th- that this has begun. Uh, God, God willing, it be slow. I, I, God willing, it just it's a very slow, steady march into the grave. How you yeah. doing? You didn't hear that, did you? I figured I... I yes, I did. You heard me coughing? I, yes, yes. It was oh, I thought I hit disturbing. the cough button. All right, this it is sounded, what we're going to do. I'm well, gonna, I mean, well, I imagine it would be a lot louder without the cough button, but even with the button, it still sounded like someone put a bunch of marbles in a blender and then and then covered them wow. with, with ketchup. That's mean. All right, I'm going to reorder. I'm, I'm, I'm on seamless. I'm being rude to my listeners. I'm just going to reorder this. Hang on. Hang on. I'm going to get you. Some, you should probably, you know, if I were you, I would get some some soup, some noodles. Uh, you know how, uh, you know, don't get too much other stuff because, you know, you know, don't 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 be a fool and get like a 12 pack of paper towels. You know, just your poor family got to figure out what to do with nine you know, things of paper towels. <sighs> so you're going to be fine. Look, you're going to be fine. You live in America. We have, have the, the best, best health care system yeah, yes, in the we world. Do. Yes, as long did. as you can afford it, which I know for a fact you cannot. And right. uh, oh man, that is all right. I just place my yeah. order. I'm getting an umami bowl. You're going to hear okay. the food being delivered. All right, I'm thank God. Umami I'm, I'm, bowl. I want you to be okay. A, a vegan salad. Look, you're going to get through this, even with you know your diet, you know, which is a very healthy one. Thank you. You know. You know, you have a very healthy diet. I think everyone should be vegan if they can be. I hope someday the whole world is. Uh, but, you know, it, 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 let's face it, it's a Band-Aid. Okay. It's a Band-Aid when it comes to, you know, your uh, acute mortality. Okay. It's, it is pretty cute how mortal I am. All right. That's the level of humor that we're going to be getting from me. So you better pick up the pace because I got nothing. We have with us a screenwriter. This is a man who is who has written a movie with Judd Apatow and Pete Davidson, and he's constantly on the set somewhere in America, punching up movies, writing movies. We are so honored to have the great Dave Cyrus with us. And there's a lot of product out there. Do you know what to go see? We have Dave Cyrus, who has seen every movie, and he will tell you, thumbs up, thumbs down, Let's very quickly go through some of the movies that are out there. I have seen a lot of movies. As a member of the guild, I get I actually get emailed and mailed to me new movies so that I never, ever have to leave the house again. Okay. Uh, That's the plan. 
I saw I, I'm trying I'm trying to catch up, you know, because I get to vote this year. I get to vote, you know, uh, uh, on the Academy and the Guild Awards. It's very exciting. Very exciting. And I, and I take that responsibility, you know, seriously. Uh, you know, so I, let's go like, through the know, movies. If, let's if do it. If it was one of your movies, I would give an honest review of it, too. Okay, let's. So like, let's yeah, sure. Name okay. a movie, David. Spin the wheel. Richard Jewell. Uh, saw it. Not bad. A little boring. Interesting story. I was not shocked that this movie was not successful. I think that it's a great story, especially if you don't know the Richard Jewell story. You should watch it. I thought the star of it was amazing. The actor was perfect it just and i and, I, and we I have a lot of movies my, to get to so let's move on. okay all right fine fine just calm down david calm okay. down i'm just saying if you liked if you like clint eastwood movies eh, fine it's just not the most eventful one okay it's not doing well at the box office no but i am hang on i have a joke took it to the if he needs an empty chair to talk to like he did during the Republican convention of 2012, he can go to a screening of Richard Jewell, where there are plenty of empty chairs to talk to. I pitched an almost identical joke to someone we know. Oh, who's really? Going to be hosting an award ceremony soon. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Hey, you know, empty chair, no one going to see the movie. It, you know, the connection, any good comic would make it. I yeah. Think. Uh, and uh, something about Clint Eastwood not wanting to take responsibility for that bomb either. He's got a lot in common with Richard Jewell. He, mm-hmm. Well, he's funny, trying yeah, to distance Richard himself Jewell, from that bomb, also. Something. I don't like know that. if we talked about the Richard Jewell problem, but it's just funny that when you think about all this guy did was be kind of a dork and and a hero at the same time, and the FBI agents were like, impossible. That fat guy was way too fat to look down and see something on the ground. Like, they were so dismissive. It was like they knew he was innocent the whole time. They were just like, eh, we got no one else. Originally, Michael Douglas was going to star in this movie with Kathleen Turner and call it Jewel of Denial. Wow. Yeah. That, that is this a deep is- pull. Uh, and this is without cold medicine, by the way. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, so that's Richard Jewell. Poor bombshell, guy. bombshell, bombshell. Oh, I didn't see Bombshell yet. I have it. I'm going to see it. I hear it's great. I'm just, I, I hear good things. I mean, it is clearly the most prolific horror movie of the year. Yeah. The, the movie about the women who were forced to blow Roger Ailes. I cannot think have of Have you anything. seen the Russell Crowe series on Showtime about Roger Ailes? I'm excited about that too, actually. Oh, it's f- uh, no one, phenomenal. no one could play a better sleazy piece of shit than Russell Crowe. <laughs> okay, cats, <laughs> cats. Uh, like the rest of America, I haven't seen it, but I have a lot of opinions on it. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. The crazy thing about cats is just how funny it is that, like, from a marketing perspective, they were like, "Well, the number one Google thing on the internet is cats. The number two Google thing on the internet is porn. Cat porn." Or pussy. Yes, I went for well, that joke. I've, I would not have gone for that one. But it's just really funny. I, that I, it's basically I, a movie about – it's basically a soft core cat porn. <laughs> and right. Apparently when you put those things together, it's like soda and ice cream. You might love them separately, but for some reason you put them together and they're not – and it just doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, it, that movie – I mean I'm going to see it eventually You know, when, I, when I'm ready to start taking harder drugs again yeah. because that – it looks – I mean – Reading the Wikipedia page of the cat's play for three minutes made me want to break my computer. 
it is like there's something very special about how many ways cats, both as a play and a movie, is like the perfect storm of things that make your skin crawl. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't even understand how to explain it. It's just one of those things that like a lot of small children are going to watch this movie and be haunted by it for the rest of their lives. Yeah. I took my daughter and, when she was very young. I took her to see cats on Broadway. I wanted to expose her to the theater. And this thing starts and two minutes in, she says to me, daddy, this sucks. She actually said she must have been sick. She said, this effing sucks. And I said, darling, you have to learn to appreciate the theater. And within five minutes, I said, let's get the F out of here. It was one of the worst things ever. It is a very perplexing play and nothing more perplexing than me trying to figure out how it is I'm more attracted to Taylor Swift as a cat than as a regular person. But that's not. That's not that's not what makes the movie bad. Uh, I'm sure it helps a little bit. Well, let me it, ask you a question I, about Taylor Swift being in Cats. Mm-hmm. Will she be mm-hmm. able to shake it off? Hey, she okay. is indestructible. I need to. Uh, <laughs> she, I think that's the one thing about Cats is that none of the actors are going to pay the price for this movie. That is the one good thing about this. That like usually when there's a bomb, the star gets destroyed for it. No one is blaming the actors. This is 100% Tom Hooper. <laughs> Yeah, nobody's paying the they, price for this movie. It earned $4.8 million at the box office. Uncut Gems. One of the best goddamn movies I've ever seen. What's amazing about this movie is that the Rotten Tomatoes score, the critics love it, and half the people who, you know, the, the, like the random normal people who reviewed on the Rotten Tomatoes didn't just not like it, hated this movie. And it really is amazing to me because... Like everyone who doesn't like uncut gems, I simply see that as weakness. I see it as emotional weakness. It is a movie that is designed to make you feel like you're on a like you're having a heart attack of of like a roller coaster of anxiety. And oh, like I okay. I honestly think the people who hated it are people who are like it's like what it's every review that's negative about uncut gems. It's like you're it's like listening to someone review a horror movie who didn't know that horror movies existed. Right. It's right. the reviews are like this movie openly wanted me to be frightened. What right. kind of nonsense is that? Great. And the main character, he great. was terrible. He I can't wait to see people. this. Great. Like it's such a great movie. It, it reminds me of every time people are like, don't smoke pot. It's way too strong these days. And I'm like, no, it's not. You're weak. Okay. I, I want to, that, that I'm, it's on Netflix. I'm sick. That, no, Based on Dave Cyrus's recommendation, I'm going to watch Uncut Gems on New Year's Day. Knives so Out. Good. Knives Out. Uh, actually, I haven't seen Knives Out either. I'm sorry, David. I know I meant to see it. It's a comedy murder mystery. I'm very excited. I've heard mixed things, uh, but a lot of people I enjoy are in it, so I'm going to see it. Oh, that's right, because you are in the movie business. Who's in yes. it? Yes. Yeah. Who's in it? Uh, Chris Evans, Mr. Captain America. Yeah. And you go to parties uh, with these people. I went to a party with Mr. Chris Captain America Evans, but uh, I don't go to multiple parties. Right and they're, and they're beautiful but, uh, people I, I, there. They're beautiful people I went, there. I went to at least one. Yeah, and there's drinking, and people smoke cigarettes, and they have casual conversation that sometimes leads to perhaps going off in the corner and doing things that normal Americans would maybe find emotionally 
tricky, but for them, it's just physical. It's a release. Hey, man, look, people, right? these people are firing on all cylinders. They got to relax. And you're part of it. Jump in the, you're part of that Jump scene. in the honey wagon and get something out of their system. Who am I to say no and not me? You're part of it. I mean, you're part yes, of that yes. world. I'm a cog. Right. And, and you just tear back a little of the, the curtain so we can peek in and get a glimpse into your exciting life. Spies in Disguise. Uh, never heard of it. Okay. Frozen 2. Didn't see Frozen 1. Little Women. Preferred Little Men. You sexist pig. Uh, no, I... I you, sorry, let me yeah, tell you, sorry, Little Women, let me tell you something. I've heard great things. Little, little Women Little Women is the best movie of the decade. That this you know, has it's been, Obama. Obama said he loved Little Women. Yes, that this was a uh, which, rough decade, but it's nice to... InfoWars... InfoWars is now claiming they're actually men. Okay. I'm just telling you, we have had a rough decade, and I think it's good to end on a positive note, to, to enter the next, the 20s, with Little Women. It is the best. I cannot tell you how great this movie is, because I haven't seen no, I've, it. I've I just know it's great. I don't have to see Little Women. I've had multiple people tell me it's really, really good. I, I don't have to see it. It's so good. Why bother to see this movie when I already know I like it. Mm-hmm. I'm saving. Well, you know, the, I'm saving myself like 15 bucks. Why? It's a perfect movie. There are, well, you know, there are a few movies out there that, you know, where it's like, you just sort of have to like, you know, how can bat, you not? You know, how can uh, you not like little women guys? If your girlfriend or wife, they say, you go see little women. I already know. I love it. I'm already bubbling with delight from it, and I haven't seen it. I'm afraid if I actually go see Little Women, I'll explode from so much delight. I have enough delight from Little Women that you should go see it by yourself. Or maybe bring one of your friends. No, no, see it and yourself. I'll stay home. In a trench coat. See, wear a trench coat with just long socks. Okay. Jumanji, the next level. I haven't seen it, and I'm dying to, because actually the last one was really good. You know, there aren't that many, like, funny action movies that are decent. This movie actually was really good, so I'm excited about that one. You know, uh, you know part of getting you know, it's older. A good, it's a good movie. You know it's a good movie? Because it stars Dwayne Johnson, not The Rock. Ah, okay. That's are, usually how you know. There are two signs of getting older. First, when you're really old, you are walking through New York City and you've seen two skyscrapers built on the same spot. In other words, you when you were younger, you saw a skyscraper built, and then it got torn down, and another skyscraper got built in its place. That and calling it a skyscraper means you're really old. When, you, when you've lived long enough to see two skyscrapers built on the second same spot. Uh, when you're getting middle age, this is how you know you're getting middle age, when they're doing remakes of movies you didn't see the first time like i've been well, meaning set, to see jumanji i think i did see jumanji with robin yeah yeah, yeah. i mean yeah th- and it's funny like but the, that is true but the distance of time between remakes has gone down to the point that like you don't even have to be that old yeah like jumanji and I, I don't even know if jumanji is a remake or a, just a long after sequel but uh it is a they made good movies they actually they, they made a really jumanji 2 was 
really good. Okay. Uh, I saw Ford. By the way, I saw Ford versus Ferrari. That's uh, Bama's favorite movie. It, it, it is a good movie for people who are, I think, easily not bored. I think yeah. that if you just love the uh, if you if there's a part of you that's like I wish I was a race car driver, you can really enjoy it, and it's a it's an enjoyable movie. But it is you know, it's like a living documentary about a race. Okay, it's not that crazy. Let me ask you uh, a question. Yeah, Barack Obama. Yes, love the guy. In fact, if You're I asking? could have dinner with anybody, it would be Michelle, okay. Michelle, and All Barack. Right. You're clearly winding up to something. Go on. But with all that's going on in the world, do we really need to hear his end of the year movie recommendations and what he's reading? Shouldn't he just be pushing Medicare for all? There's something seriously wrong with this guy. He's a Republican. Yeah. He should be he should be marching. He should be marching with the farm workers. There's no difference between having another Obama as president or the worst president imaginable, you know, the one we have. Uh, I think he probably sees uh, his retirement as an opportunity to sort of mix those things in. I think that he might see it as counterproductive to be to be that organized as a leader because by doing so, he could overshadow the ability for someone else to get the traction necessary. As long no. as he is the leader of the Democratic Party, there's not a lot of and there's not a lot of oxygen for someone else to emerge as that. No. So I think it makes sense that he doesn't really want to be the face of the party anymore. As much as we love him, and as much as let's face it, he is going to be out there campaigning for whoever wins the nomination. He promised us he would never stop fighting for us, and somehow I think buying an eighteen million dollar home in Martha's Vineyard or on Martha's Vineyard and having development deals at Netflix instead of marching with the McDonald's workers and marching with the UAW workers and fighting for Medicare for all. Somehow, not doing that. He stopped fighting for us. Well, he did put in a few years. I'm not who, saying I don't want to You know who fighting. puts in a few years? The mother who works three jobs and has to ration her insulin. If you're... The guy isn't even 60 yet. And he's Yeah, but he was president, so you know, he's he's aged more than we can see. Oh, come on. You either have a moral compass or you don't. Well, oh, but he's I don't know. It's, what what he has to It's not like he's not well, it's not like he's completely checked out, but he's also He's you know, checked out. He's cashing he's out. things like here's the movies I liked, here's the books I liked. He's a, he's you know. he's a Hollywood he's taking pictures no, at Netflix. Come on. Uh, yeah, but it's also unfortunate we have to remember that part of getting people's attention is being uh, is being a personality, is is being that guy. How about being that, authentic? Is I mean, Bernie? Yeah. Well, you think Bernie people would have development deals too. at Netflix when 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 Bernie's eighty eight? You don't think? Well, you think he's going to be taking pitches at Netflix after two terms of being president? You think he's going to be not everything? Well, not everything Bernie might want to do at Netflix would be frivolous what if what if he wanted to do something educational what if he what if he said what if he what if bernie's not president and then someone says at netflix how about you we, we put out a series of what you think people should be learning about i think when Which, bernie what, what would be so bad about that write this down mr comedy writer when bernie's 88 the only streaming he's going to be concerned about is the yellow river write this down 
Mm-hmm. Hold on, hold on. Okay. The yellow Y A L U. I'm sorry. Yalu River. Yes, Yalu North River. Korea. Yeah. Or South Korea running down his thigh. And and as an anyway, that's a joke about streaming vi- like Netflix is a streaming video service. You lost me. And 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 Bernie is old, so he streams in his pants. Use that. Are you writing on an award show? Yes, yes, I am. Okay, so you can have that. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Just, you just bought me a few minutes. Okay. And finally, Star Wars. The I saw Star Wars, and actually, by the way, this was a real moment for me. I watched it on a digital screener, which was sent directly to me, so I had to watch it on my own TV, but the whole wow. time it was on, my own name was watermarked on the screen. Wow. So that, you know, you know, because that way they know that if I sell it, you know, my name will be on it. So I'll be screwed. But even so, pretty cool. Uh, Almost made the movie good. You're in show business. Wow. I'm serious. That's impressive. I'm not. Well, that's everyone. I mean, you probably have it, too, actually. I don't (laughs) know. I'm just. No, I'm just a guy. Staring at a girl. Here on Notting Hill was really beautiful but the only way i can get it up is from a blow job from divine brown in a car on sunset boulevard that's the excellent reference even though you got elizabeth hurley at home you piece of garbage yeah i'm just uh, a guy you think about star wars a blow Look, job if you love from star- brown. what if 55 percent it's a bomb according to yeah. rotten tomatoes well, 55% is also the user ratings of Uncut Gems for the uh, non-critics, uh, though. But those people, like I said, are just weak. Uh, well, the thing is, when was the last time there was, like, a good Star Wars movie? I'm, You know what? I'm getting into Star Wars. It's honestly, it's fucking Empire Strikes Back. It is, there's not been a good Star Wars movie since 1980. Absolutely. Not terrible movie. I know! I know! Like, they're not terrible. I'm not saying they're not hustlers, but right. like, they're not good films. Exactly. You know, and like, honestly, the last two Star Trek movies, well, no, not the last one, but like the first two of the new Star Trek movies were better than the last two Star Wars movies. The last one sucked too. Hey, Amen. I mean, Marvel destroys Star Wars. Exactly. I'm sorry. You're Marvel so right. Movies, Thank you for saying so this. Many, like, this needs to be never said. Gotten, I have, I've never really gotten this obsession with Star Wars. Honestly, Mandalorian was freaking great. Absolutely. Yes. Mandalorian on Disney was Uh actually really, really well done. Agreed. Because as usual on TV, you're allowed to take more chances than in movies. In movies, you have a thousand different executives Mm -hmm. telling you what to do. And on TV, they let, you know, just John Favreau say, I have an idea. This is how I'm going to execute it. And it, it, and it, and it kind of comes out great. Now, of course that wasn't the case in my movie because we had Judd who's more powerful, <laughs> who's powerful enough to not have to like, right. you know, uh, take, have, you know, now, let me just ask you a question. Awesome. That rant you but did, other movies, I, I just piggybacked on your rant yeah, and I, I agreed with everything you said, right? Yeah. I could tell you, I could tell you were doing that. Yes. Do you think young people listening will believe that David Feldman is tapped into the zeitgeist the way I just amend everything you said. I think that they, like me, could all tell that you were faking your agreement, oh. but they are jaded enough that they like the fact that you are trolling by pretending to agree with something. Now, I wasn't pretending. I was genuinely trying to trick my audience into thinking that I knew exactly what you were talking about. I, I, I want my audience to think, how does Feldman, 
have the well, time to watch your all that shit. Your audience is too smart for that. Oh, they saw through you it. You have a very smart audience and they see right through you. You know, I don't know. Here's the, I, this, I'm, you know what? I'm, I'm sick and I want to ask you a serious question. And you, we will hear a buzzer go off. That will be my food arriving. I don't mean to brag, but I'm having food delivered because I'm sick. And yes, I'm, I would even tip. Don't mean to brag. So when, when the buzzer goes, I, I have to get up because I'm alone today. And I have to let the delivery guy in, delivery person in. They, but, Thank you. Yes, sorry. How do you have time? I, I can't, I, Dave, I'm being serious. I'm sick, which means I have time to just stay in bed and read all day. I don't know what the fuck is going on. I read and it's like, I don't know anything. And then I get on the phone with you or whatever we're doing here. Not only are you keeping up with the news, you have time to watch this garbage and have friends and a social life. Are there an extra six hours of the day that I don't know about? I don't, well, I mean, you have kids, right? You must spend some time talking to them. Well, they're bound and gagged beneath the floorboards. Yeah. So they really don't, they listen more than they talk. I mean, I don't, you know, look, we all have things that, that get our attention. I mean, it's How really much about of your time is way. spent consuming product of the day? Know. How many hours do you sleep? I, I get, I get, a, I get a solid eight every day. And how much and of that three, is spent consuming news, information, and pop culture? I don't know. But I mean, like, a lot of that is while doing other things. Like, I'll, ha I'll be listening to news shows while doing other things I have to do. Or I'll be, you know, that I'll be watching stuff while other stuff is going on. So it's, 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 I think it's a lot just doing multiple things at once. You know, like, I don't just jog listening to a podcast. I'll jog while working on you know, uh, uh, jokes I have to write or listening to a show that is going to inform me about something I have to work on later or something. Hmm. I multitask while I look at porn. Yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah I rub my penis oh, no. while I look mm -hmm. at porn. I'm, I multitask. Yeah. I try to, I try now, to combine the two things. Now, David, real quick, you did yes. ask me to do a little bit of a year in review. So I, I did, Oh, are you taking stories. over the show? Is that is that what's going on? You're you're well, de you're you, determining you, the pace of the show. Is it going too slowly for you, Dave Cyrus? Well, we do all, we do always plan what I'm going to talk about, and then you talk about something else. No, so we should at least use some the some of what we plan for. You know, yeah, I know, but some of what you want to talk about is sad and depressing. Yeah, oh, all of it is. And I, and I so I'm trying to find an opportune moment to bring up some of the sad stuff without it feeling like we're trivializing it right i understand well then we can talk about cats more we can uh, talk about cats least, more as my friend keith carey said at least cats has brought us all together again where we could all hate something in a nonpartisan way like it is kind of nice in that way that we can just sort of sit back how about like, this is we a all joke. agree how about this is how a joke for this is? right you got a pen write sure. this down Okay. I haven't had a pen in five years, but okay. go on. Write this joke down for whatever gig you have. Give you an idea how bad the movie Cats was. I hate cats more than I hate cats. And I the really deli? hate cats. 
You mean but the I deli? Ca- huh? You mean the deli because of how expensive it is? No, I'm like the cats. Oh, oh, actual cats. Yes, but you don't oh, okay. say, but don't say actual cats. That's okay. a good joke that you could sneak into a crappy award show that you've right. that you're working on instead of a woman or a person of color. Yes. Uh sure. You could make fun of cats instead of Why are you taking work away from people who uh why aren't you retiring? Uh, well, I got very lucky with my 23 and me. So it turns out I'm just not white enough to be allowed uh, to continue uh, working and not feel bad about myself. Did you do 23 and me? Yes. Yes. I'm not, I'm not allowed to say what the results were because then I'll be a monster. But let's just say it's the kind of thing that if I were a less woke person 20 years ago, I'd be going around saying, hey, you'll never believe what I'm part. How much Neanderthal? A little under 3%, about the average. That's like amazing. All, uh, like all whites, I'm a little under 3% Neanderthal, it turns out. And it turns out uh, being Neanderthal isn't so bad. Well, no, I mean, it's just another part of our DNA. It's where being redhead comes from. Really? Uh, it's where it's where a lot of big noses kind of uh, may come from because they were, you know, they were they were very uh, cold environment people. So they had large noses to filter air. Uh, they, it's lent, also where they, they, they would lend rocks at exorbitant interest rates. Mm-hmm. They also uh, like with I their said, big they, noses. Um, they're autistic. Uh, people believe that autism is a result of the uh, incongruence between the DNA and how it affected the minds of people that may have. Uh, some DNA of Neanderthals. Hmm. Uh, okay. Do you know that uh, white supremacists actually use Neanderthal DNA, they think, to prove that uh, whites are superior? Because they're like, well, white people have higher Neanderthal DNA, so that must mean that they're what makes us better. Yeah. This is a real neo-Nazi thing. They think that like they're bragging about being part Neanderthal. Wow. wow. Isn't that great? All uh, right. So you brought up white supremacists. And yes, on a serious note, let's talk about the great congressman, John L. Lewis. John Lewis. Uh, he was a kid back in his day. He was he was the kid up there with uh, with Martin Luther King. And, uh, you know, he was he was the youngest guy there, which is why he is today, you know, the, one of the last living, I, oh, I'm sorry, the last living person who was on, on those stages, I, I believe, and, uh, you know, joined Congress and has been a really great hero, uh, you know, real honor, uh, to be represented by him for all those people. And, uh, he's, he's very sick. He has pancreatic cancer, which is, you know, as you know, it's pretty much the worst one. Uh, very few people survive it, uh, when they well, do, we it's don't, pretty we, miraculous. We, we, we don't know about that. No, no, I, I know. No, not everyone. Not everyone succumbs to it, but it is it is uh, I'm to understand the single uh, worst cancer to get in terms of we don't talk uh, sur- that way. survivability. That's not, and I, that, well, I'm not, I'm not saying it's a I'm not I'm not, I'm not gloating about it. I'm saying, no, I know. You know but man, we don't we don't have a defeatist attitude. No, I'm not. Look, I was look. I mean, look, look, look at Jimmy Carter. Look at look at the miraculous recovery he's had from cancer. So it does happen, and it couldn't and it couldn't happen. Although sometimes sometimes people lie, think Jimmy Carter might have been lying. But go ahead. You you're accusing Jimmy Carter of lying about brain cancer. What is wrong with you? Go ahead. 
I was, okay, I, you fine. know, it's sometimes when I get sanctimonious. Dear I, God, David. No, there's somebody who's getting to Who know me. Who deserves your trust more than Jimmy Carter? Hang on. Somebody who's getting to know me has realized. Oh, hang on. Uh, insult me. I have to go get my food. Ta- insult okay, me. Go. Hang on. All right, you go. I'm getting ahead. my food. All right. Well, right now the audience can hear me and David Feldman cannot. So this feels like a good time to talk about. Uh, he really needs to stop wearing those old fashioned shirts where the collar is a different color than the shirt because I know they're coming back, but we can all tell that he's just re-wearing the ones that he had from the last time they were in style. And we know that because the arms are so baggy. So that's the thing people he, like, don't understand. Just because the colors are back in doesn't mean the extreme still bagginess of the waist and the arm is. All right, sorry. We can go back to what you were talking I'm about. I'm back. I'm back. I don't mean to lord it over you, Dave Cyrus, but when you get to a, sometimes when you get to, you know, a position that I've reached, uh, you sometimes order food in. You don't go out like the company. I'm extremely impressed that you were able to figure out that app. You, you, you uh, have uh, the food brought to you. I, I, I don't mean to sound Let me superior. say something about John Lewis. Let me say something about John yes, Lewis. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, this is a very sad thing to have to suggest, but I think that John Lewis might want to reject a state funeral based on what Trump did to John Dingle. John Dingle, the congressman who passed away at a very old age, lived a you know very long, uh, illustrious life, died in February of 2019. His wife replaced him. His wife uh, took over his seat. Debbie Dingle. And then, yes, Debbie Dingle. Oh, uh, hang on. Of keep course, talking. Hang on for one second. I have to. Like almost all Democrats. Can you keep talking? Voted. I have to go get my food. Yeah. Okay, uh-huh. keep talking. Like, I won't do the like Debbie almost, Dingleberry joke. Hang on. Right. Like almost all Democrats, Debbie Dingle voted for impeachment. And then Don, and then Donald Trump uh, told some lies about her, said that, you know, she groveled to him and thank yous uh, for her husband's funeral. Now, what's so disturbing about that is we're talking about Donald Trump basically saying in in Twitter that because he allowed John Dingle to have the funeral that he had earned with his service, that his wife owed Donald Trump, the idea that Trump is asking to be personally thanked for people being allowed to have funerals off the bat was one of the most disturbing despicable things he's ever done the way that he thinks that every time a congressman dies they their family owes donald trump something because he did the same thing with mccain he acted like if you die and we give you a funeral donald trump gave you that out of the goodness of his heart you owe him something and that was insanely despicable and then he did the joke about he, he joked around about john dingle looking up from hell so he first of all he lied about what debbie dingle said debbie dingle never said He's smiling down from heaven. He just made up her saying that so he could set up his brilliant joke about, no, he's looking up from hell. Okay, I'm back. Because she voted against him. I'm back. So that's what makes, that's one of the best examples of what a human piece of shit Donald Trump is. And why John Lewis should not have that funeral that Donald Trump is then going to use to taunt his family with. Because he's going to do it. He's going to taunt, John Lewis's wife passed away, but if she hadn't, Trump would have used 
Lucas's death to lord over her and taunt her with saying, well, you owe me something because I didn't stop his fucking funeral. Hi. <clears throat> My anyway, food that's, came. That's all I, yeah, I know. That's, that's, that's what I got to say about, about uh, John Lewis. Well, I mean, for, here's, here's the problem with that. What little I heard of it. It's, I like the sentiment. But that presupposes that John L. Lewis is not going to be here. So, well, I certainly hope I believe me, I want nothing more than for John Lewis to survive Trump's presidency. Yeah, I just, you know, you know, pancreatic cancer is very serious. All right. I'm sick. People don't want that's not you don't have pancreatic cancer. You're being killed by a completely different disease right now. I'm talking about we don't talk that way. Okay, I'm 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 not there's no disrespect to John Lewis. I'm saying, you know. It's very sad. He's a great American. You know, we wish him well, but that, you know, he must be. But I'm sure John Lewis himself is saying, I don't want to pass away it under the administration of Donald Trump, who is then going to use my death against the people who love me, who is going to then say that they owe him something because the president allowed me to have a funeral. Let me ask you it a question. It is the worst kind of of bullshit dictator narcissism. All right. I'm. Remember Smigel did the show at the studio? Yes. And he ate while we asked him questions. That's what I'm doing with you. That's okay. It's your show. Okay, hang on. Mm. You know what my favorite thing to do on New Year's is? Sleep at nine. Go to sleep at nine. Uh, Order Chinese food for a group of friends. Mm Mm-hmm. And then get on the phone with the Chinese restaurant and accuse them of getting the order wrong. That's how I like to they ring enjoy the year. On the phone with Empire Szechuan, insisting that these are fried dumplings instead of steamed dumplings, and arguing with them. There's nothing that brings sure me more joy. What are you doing for New Year's? Eh, I'm just gonna hang out. No, I'm sure. I'm sure you love yelling at them. Your New Year isn't until January 25th. Don't bullshit me. You're. A, this is nothing for you. Hmm. And then he says, "My New Year isn't until September." Yeah, that's right. That's right. Rosh Hashanah. They really got really got us there. Neither you, of us should be. What'd you do for Christmas? Be celebrating Christmas. Oh, I hung out at a friend's Christmas. Christian thing. I went and, you know, sat around with a bunch of Gentiles and enjoyed their spirit. They're happy. Why not? They're happy people. It's Christmas. It's a time to be happy. You know, hung out with some babies, you know, for Hanukkah, you know, just Mm. putting in baby time. I'm being rude. I apologize to my listeners, not you. No, it's okay. All right. Uh, Well, I'm very sick, folks. Yeah, you sound terrible. I am. But I just mean content-wise. Yeah. But uh, let's talk about the, uh, that shoot, not the, the, there was a shooting. Well, there, well, there was, there was, there were two uh, major acts of the, you might call domestic terrorism or mass, or mass uh, attacks. There was the, uh, the stabbing attack on Hanukkah. Yeah, let's, which, let's, uh, that's no, too depressing. Well, I mean, no one died, so it's, you know, in many ways. Now, you, you uh, thought I was going to say that's why it's depressing, but I'm not going to make that joke. 
No, I'm saying it's, you know, in the, that case, you know, thank God no one died. The reason it's such a big story, though, is because there has been a very new, a, a very recent ramp up of anti-Semitic violence. So it's suddenly Whose every day there is some Whose kind fault of, is that? Uh, well, I mean, that's a very complicated question. I know that there are some people who are trying to blame the concept of college students disagreeing with Israel's policy on Palestine, which I think is laughable and completely dishonest. I don't see any college students trying to kill anyone. And other people are saying that it is the president's normalizing of neo-Nazi propaganda that is emboldening uh, people to hate that's, Jews. That's the correct answer. Well, I, that's what I think it is. And I had some. That's say what this the, was that's the answer. I do. I believe that's the answer. And I had someone immediately say I'm wrong because this because the stabbing suspect, the person who did this crime, uh, we believe uh, it was black. So he can't be a Nazi. And you hmm. know what? And you know what we found out? They, they they checked his home. And what was it filled with? Nazi propaganda. He was Googling, why did Hitler hate the Jews? He was swastikas he was drawing on things. He actually was an African-American, almost certainly mentally disturbed, who was listening to Nazi ideology because it, you don't have to be a Nazi to be influenced by them. Yeah. They are making being a white supremacist and being a neo-Nazi a normalized thing. When the president goes on TV and says uh, that they are very fine people, it – creates an environment where those ideas are more and more acceptable and this is where it leads mm -hmm. you know you don't have to be white and a wasp to be a nazi stephen miller is a fucking nazi stephen miller is coordinating with neo-nazi websites and white supremacists to try to push stories that he thinks will frighten americans into resorting to devoting themselves to donald trump out of fear mm -hmm. so and he's Jewish. A lot of Jewish people act like Nazis these days. The world is different. Sebastian Gorka has a middle initial that is meant to designate himself as a supporter of the Hungarian Nazis. Right, but he's, he's not Jewish, Sebastian Gorka. No, he's not Jewish, but he's someone that Jews seem to think is are protecting them because he hates Arab people. Right, but he is actually, a, Sebastian Gorka is part of a Hungarian right-wing yeah, you know, Nazi he's not cult. he's not Jewish, but right. I did have someone today think he was Jewish, which I thought mm -hmm. was very interesting. Uh, yeah, a cult is a good word for it. I mean, these were you know, this is a, it's Hungarian. They're not German Nazis, but it's an organization that was created under the auspices of supporting the Nazi regime. Uh, and why are they still existing? Why is he putting a V in his name to signify that he's part of, of the uh, the order of uh, what is it? Vesti? Uh, Vesti? I think you're right. Uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so. There is a problem of of making neo-Nazi propaganda and neo and being a white supremacist okay in this country, and it leads to increased anger. It, 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 it creates an undercurrent of fascism, not literal fascism of just whoever's in power stays in power, but the idea of the propagation of the propaganda of fascism, which is convincing the majority that they are being victimized by small minorities who look different. Right. And so when you encourage people to simply hate the other, Orthodox Jews very quickly become a focus of that because they look different and they live differently. And for thousands of years have been ha have been the focus of people who want to find someone who is an other that they can blame their problems on. Exactly. And exactly. I think that absolutely the violence against Jews that immediately upticked when Trump became president is absolutely about it is no longer as bad to be a Nazi in this country as it used to be. 
And it doesn't and matter it's if you're all coming boxes. out. Everybody, because of the, the culture, kept it under wraps. Yes. And when you keep it under wraps, it disappears. If you're, you know, if you act yes. polite, eventually you become polite. Donald Trump has made it okay to be impolite. And the more impolite you become as a human being, the more impolite you become. It feeds on itself. Yes. We are encouraging people to have absolutely no self-regulation. We're right. encouraging them to be as loud and as crazy as they can because we have weaponized attention. And that quickly leads down a very dangerous path, which we are already on. Yeah. And it makes more people say, fuck it. I just want to shoot the people I don't like. And when Donald Trump says, I can shoot someone in the, on, on the corner of Fifth Avenue and you can't do a goddamn thing to stop me, millions of people look at that and they say, yes, yes, finally, finally. There are people who have a brewing sense of, uh, of, uh, of just excitement, a brewing sense of just thrill from wanting to be the most famous person in the world. And Donald Trump makes all those people say anything is worth it to become the most famous yeah, person in the world. The reason we're seeing an increase in anti-Semitic attacks and attacks on blacks and Arabs and Hispanics is, well, first of all, the government is attacking Arabs and putting yes. Hispanics, Latinos in cages. But, you know, when you look at cognitive therapy... One of the reasons cognitive therapy works is because they've discovered that when you change the behavior first, change your behavior, then you can change the emotion and the feeling. That's how cognitive therapy works. So in many ways, Donald Trump is doing cognitive therapy. He's training us to act out and be violent and that wags the feeling and the emotion. And then that emotion and that feeling becomes racist and takes over our behavior. So well, it's how yes, you train dogs. You know, when you train a doing, dog yes. to calm down, at first it's acting for its master to, to please his master. But eventually the dog actually becomes calm and believes that being calm is the right way to exist. That's cognitive therapy. And when you incite the American people, it feeds on itself. And what Donald Trump has done, and even the people who love him have to admit this, he hates order. He thinks that you have to shake things up. And let's be frank, stupid people think that that's how you fix something. They think you fix a TV by hitting it. Mm -hmm. You don't. And they and so he is he is a he he just creates chaos. It's just like like uh, like Jeb Bush talked about. He believes that chaos is necessary to run the government his way because he would never survive in an organized situation. Only he, he knows only... that's how there are people who run businesses this way through chaos. If nobody knows the direction of the company except you, you're the wise one. So keep right, everybody because... guessing. Because his only goal is keeping himself in power and not the betterment of the country itself. Exactly. So he, exactly. he he absolutely feels that he needs to create as much chaos as possible because he's not smart enough to be the president of an organized country, an organized system. He's only smart enough to be a guy who can just react in the moment. 
And to I mean, keep this is people why, off balance, which is why Nancy Pelosi was right about the two articles of impeachment. A lot of, including me, a lot of people think they should have just thrown a lot of articles at the wall to see what sticks. But this man creates chaos. And the genius, I have to that. say it, the genius of just two articles of impeachment is the specificity of it. Right. You only have one. Look, the, that's why Republicans want Hunter Biden and Joe Biden to be witnesses, because they just want to they just want to change what the trial is about. You can't. They what want about to, two articles of impeachments? Yeah. And the, he, they recognize that if you do everything, it is exactly what Trump relies on, which is if I tell 500 lies, I lose X amount of voters. But if I tell 5000 lies, I don't lose one more voter than at, at the 500th lie. Right. And so they're using that principle against the impeachment to say, if you just flood the same bullshit over and over again, people tune out. Right. Right. And I think that I've said from the very beginning, the people who wanted to replace Nancy Pelosi were people who misunderstood what her job is. Nancy Pelosi is not the president. She is not meant to be the face of the party. She is the, and I mean this in a very positive way, the thug who gets shit done. Mm -hmm. She's okay. the person who gets her hands dirty. She was not there to be AOC, to be someone who uh, gets the people riled up and gets the issues out. She's the opposite. She's the nitty gritty person behind the scenes and she's doing a great job of it. Last question, and then we got to wrap it up. It seems like Democratic Party insiders across the board think Bernie Sanders can win the nomination. Yes. Uh, the, and that's partially, I think, because of the strength of Biden. Biden being so consistent in keeping his lead, I think, is making Bernie seem more attractive because it's showing that this field is a little bit more stagnant than we think. And by being the next person behind Bern, behind Biden, I think they're saying that maybe Bernie can get all of the progressives to override the, the establishment Democrats. And I don't know. I, I don't know what's going to happen with that. Okay. But do you, do but you have I've health insurance? That if you get, do you have yes. health insurance? Yeah, of course. But I've always said Bernie and Elizabeth's voters together can beat anyone. Okay. And then eventually one of those people is going to drop out and the other person is going to have a gigantic lead. So you have health insurance. Yes. But and have you ever had Buttigieg and Biden? Have you ever had? Oh, and you do have a serious illness that we don't need to go into. Uh, it's not serious, but yeah. Oh, OK. Uh, yeah, no, I, I no nothing. Nothing, nothing. that is currently uh, a problem. Right. I have a lot of, like most Jews, I have a, a, an array of small health problems. Right. You know, just fall under the umbrella of being Jewish. Look, we spent 5,000 years not wanting to intermarry. This is the price you pay. Right. So you have a good health care system. You, you have good health care. Well, I have the, the Writers Guild. So, okay. yes. And, and you have a job. Yeah. Can you of. come up with $400? If there's an emergency? Yeah. Yes. I'm okay. very lucky in that way. Yes. And are you afraid of ending up on the street? No, because okay. I'm lucky. Okay. Do you worry that your wife and children won't do as well as you've done? Are you, are you worried about putting your kids through college? 
Well, you know, it's as you know, it's too late for me to have kids. Okay. Uh, so that's not an issue for me. Okay. It's 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 just too late for me to have a family. Okay. So what do you think is the biggest issue facing our country? Well, the the bullshit answer I could give you is the future. But the question is then what really determines the future? What is the, what is the single most important issue? Number one, number two, number three, given who you are. I mean, you're being honest with my listeners. So, you know, how do you see the election? What do you think is the most important issue facing this country? I think the most important issue is climate change because it's the only one that's an actual existential threat that we're clearly losing. Uh, Second, I think would be, I, I think would be a restructuring of the monetary, not the monetary system, but just a, poverty. I would say uh, restructuring the tax code in order to better address poverty and fairness, and that our economic gains should not be strictly for the wealthy. I think that's a fairly, you know, this is interesting. I, it's not. I don't think it's. I mean, it's the least interesting. I could say it's so obvious, but yeah, I think that that's. It's interesting would, how you're answering this question. I, I, I'm, I'm curious. It's just a mindset that I find curious because I have tremendous respect for your brilliance. And number three? Uh, number three, uh, uh, foreign policy mm -hmm. and writing and, and not allowing because Russia is also an existential threat, not the country itself, but the influence they're having on dumbing down politics and trying to make on, on a geopolitical level, the, the world, Russia is actively trying to make the world dumber, angrier, and less rational. Okay. So and I think that's especially dangerous. We, we have to wrap it up I, I, and you'll come back next week. And I always enjoy having you on the show and you're absolutely brilliant. What I've, what I'm taking away from this, in all seriousness, is you are the voice of the the old guard of the Democratic Party. But what you just said, and I'm not insulting you, I, I mean this, and it's going to change in 2020. You'll see that it's going to change. I, I swear to you, I'm not being patronizing, condescending, supercilious. I'm not talking down to you. You're going to come around and most Americans are going to come around because you said that the three most important issues are climate change, economic inequality. And what was the other one? Foreign policy. Foreign policy. That is what Michael Bennett, Amy Klobuchar, that and that's old school neoliberal Clinton, Obama. See, I really think that healthcare is part of poverty. Healthcare yeah, to yeah, me is part yeah. of economic inequality. Yeah. See, what where we're at with the Democratic Party, and this is because Bernie moved the needle, and to some degree, Elizabeth Warren did as well. We've got people like you at least acknowledging the problem, which is a lot more than the Republicans are willing to do. You're willing to acknowledge the problem. That's and and you know, that's a bold step. But the Democrats are waking up to the fact that there are people like Bernie and to some degree Elizabeth Warren who not only acknowledge the problem, but have specific solutions that will solve the problem. And when, you know, we have this guy, David Bacon, who 
on a granular level goes out and talks to the candidates. And they're really good. You know, the guys like Cory Booker and Michael Bennett and Amy Klobuchar, they're really good at stating the problem. So it comes across as, oh, he gets it. He gets it. He gets that there's a problem. And then they try to trick you the way the Clintons and the Obamas did by saying, I'm smart. I got this. I know what the problem is. I can solve this. But they don't tell you how they're going to solve it because they don't know how to solve it and they're not interested in solving it. So you're going to see something and you're much smarter than I am, Dave Cyrus, and I mean that. But Thank you're you. going to ch- you're going to undergo a change in 2020. Mark my words. You well, now know based what the on pro- my answers were. Do you yeah. think my answers are going to change that I think climate change? No, no, your, your answers are correct. Foreign policy. Your, your answers are correct. I asked you what the biggest problems were. What, no, I said, what are the biggest? I think I said, I hope I said, what do you think are the biggest issues? Yeah. And, the, and so you have to move from when I ask you what the biggest issues are, instead of stating the problem, soon you will be stating the solution. Because that's where you're behind the curve. That's where Biden and even Warren. Well, you didn't ask what I would do, but I. Well, uh, well, the issue is Medicare for all. That's the problem and the solution. No, I've. uh, I've. Yeah. And that's where you're going to get. I I see that by August. I've been. What the hell are you talking about? I've been in favor of that for like five years. I know. I've, I've been in favor of Medicare so, for all or so single is, payer for as long as those were issues. Here's here's the deal, though. Elizabeth And Warren. I think we would have gotten it if we didn't have Republicans having as much power in this country as they do. Yeah. I think we're talking – we're always talking about why don't the Democrats simply do things without people being behind them. It's like because we live in a democracy. They can't. They physically can't. Well. It's not like – Obama went into the saying, I want a nice compromise between the health care companies and having good health care. No, he said, what can I get? Maybe he's right. Maybe he's wrong. But you always assign the end result as having to be whatever that politician must have wanted. And sometimes it's not what they wanted. It's what they ended up with. Okay. It's, what they were, it's what they were able to get. And you're I wrong. want Medicare for all. You're wrong. And I want your, 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 your analysis of Obamacare is completely wrong. He offered a Republican solution to the Republicans, thinking that they would take Romney care. He thought, I will I will solve this problem by abandoning my Democratic base and offering Romney care that has the seal and approval of the health insurance lobbyists and the pharmaceutical industry. How could they reject it? And they did. Well, that, that was the attitude of plain ball. Of thinking, the only way we get things done is we is we are the is we are the adults in the room, yeah. and we okay. give them right. off. For, we give them be, things that we can't. To be to no, be that, that's what his that's what that's what he was trying to do. Maybe he was right. Maybe he was wrong. No, he's doesn't wrong. necessarily mean that that's what he was hoping would happen. No, no, he, he's wrong, and that's what Elizabeth Warren is doing now. She's saying that we're going to try the public option for a couple of years, and then we can vote on Medicare for all. Once people discover how good. The public option is they're going to vote in favor of Medicare for all. We already have sampled Medicare for all. It's called Medicare, Elizabeth. We know it works. There are a lot of things that I think America should do, but the majority is against me. And I realize I just can't get that done. Okay. You don't and know that's how to what negotiate. sucks here. You don't no, know. No, but that's what no. sucks. Right, you'll get that the last word. You know what's right. 
There are a lot of people who know it's right for us, but they know that if 80% of the people say no to it, you're just not going to get it. Okay, this and is that, how you negotiate. And you get. I don't want word. that, but I don't know how to tell people to make the vast majority agree with them. I don't know how they do that. This and is I want how you to- negotiate tax policy with the Republicans, and then you get the last word, okay? Mm-hmm. And my listeners have heard this, so I'm just doing this for Dave Cyrus's benefit. But I do mean this. This is how you negotiate tax policy. Forget the wealth tax. Not interested. You're a billionaire. We're confiscating your children. You can keep your money, your homes, your jewels. We are confiscating your children because we don't think it's healthy for kids. We think it's abuse to raise children with your values. So the government is coming for your kids and removing them from your home under the auspices of Child Protective Services, and we're going to put them in re-education camps because right now they're all worthless. You're creating... What amount of... What okay, that's my starting think? offer. I, well, coming I'm for your curious. kids. Now What's let's negotiate tax policy. How much money do you have to have before you take your kids? I, I, I'm just I'm curious for this scenario. What? How much money would they need to have in assets for you to be like, eh, you can't have kids? Uh, I'm just I'm not I'm not like arguing. I'm just curious what the what's the what's what is the threshold there? I think a billion dollars. If you have more than a billion dollars, we're coming for your kids. That's my starting. See, I think you should I think you should lower it so that Trump's kids count. What negative billion? Dave Cyrus, how do people he's he's got no money. Dave Cyrus, how do people follow you on Twitter? They do it uh, with my name, which is Dave Cyrus, but it's spelled S-I-R-U-S. Instagram. Same thing. And what yeah, are you, you performing can, anywhere? I'm around, but uh, hey, why don't you go online? You can look up Dave Cyrus, Matthew Broussard, and and watch my last roast battle. Why not on did YouTube? You, did you win or lose? I won. Oh, good. Thirteen All right, and three, friend. David. Thirteen and three. That's my that's my record. All right, I'm my record is a thousand percent. Well, I have been at all your roast battles. And I've lost all three. I need another fight, by the way. Did you have three or two? Three. Uh, Kurt Metzger. Dixon. Uh, Pat Dixon. That's it. No, no. And there was some, some... Didn't I... No, and there was some kid. Did you have one without me? No. There was some kid. What the hell are you... I don't know. No, I think no, no, we, I, the last one was with some young kid and I destroyed I, him, but I still but lost. You lost. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was Kurt Metzger. No, no, no. Well, I am highly confused because right, I have me another fight. To... I need another fight. All right. Matt Bridgestone told me he wanted a fight. So me, no, someone. Well, I keep, well, Josh Comers wants to do it. So I keep saying you should guys just do each other. Yeah, I can't do Josh Comers. Wait, because you like him? Uh, maybe like, Josh Because you're both professional roast yeah. writers. You uh, would... no, actually, Josh Comers may not be a bad idea. All right, stand right, on line, Dave you want, Cyrus. You really want someone else who's just as busy and can't dedicate the next three months to just this. No, I'm afraid I might beat Josh Comers. I would love nothing more than for you to beat anyone. Yeah, but I'm not, that's not my gimmick. My gimmick is to lose every roast battle. Right, right. But lose with dignity. 
always lose. Not necessarily. And, Not necessarily. Mm-hmm. You know, you've definitely only had for two. my listeners. The way I ensure that I lose is I start every roast battle by telling the audience, "I do this for a living, folks." I yeah, no, I, for triumph. Oh, I love your heel turn and roast battles. The amazing thing for the roast battle was that you literally had fans show up to watch you, and. But I alienate them by saying this guy doesn't have a chance because I do this professionally. There's no way you can defeat. Oh, no, you should definitely keep doing that. I just found it amazing that you had literally guys chanting your name who drove to the New York Comedy Club to watch you roast battle, which means they spent more time preparing for it than you did. I've got you. Yeah, exactly. And you've been relying on that way too much. Do you have any idea how many people have gotten mad at me for all my ghostwriting in the roast battle business? How many people have said that I'm ruining the sport by all these friends of mine that I prop up with with, with jokes that they can pretend are theirs? You know, I would have won. Uh, if you wrote th- one goddamn joke. No, yourself. no, no. If I didn't, the the reason That's I true, lost actually. the one against Pat Dixon, because I did one of my jokes. Yep. And it was the one that bombed. Yes. It was the one that bombed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but also he wore a cowboy hat, which, of course, was cheating. Yeah. And assless chaps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that was for a different reason. Yeah. But but it still helped. Yeah. It still got him. I together. didn't know. You know. The trick to wearing assless chaps is not having smoke coming out of your sphincter. And I didn't know. My, I didn't know there was smoke. Mm-hmm. White smoke. Mm-hmm. We had a new pope. All right. Stay on the line. Dave Cyrus. <laughs> 